Hi friends in intermediate poetry writing, welcome to week nine. I hope you had a good midterm week last week and you got through it okay. Um, you are now on the downward slide to the end of the semester. Um, I'm sitting outside today, it's a lovely day. You may hear some bird song in the background, but that's okay because um, that's appropriate. Uh, because this week we're going to be looking at the animal poem. And I'm going to read to you poem assignment number nine, the animal poem. Frustrated over a period of writer's block, the poet Rainer Maria Rilke sought the advice of his employer and mentor, the sculptor Auguste Rodin. The elder artist suggested that Rilke visit the zoo in Paris and study an animal there. Why don't you just go and look at something? For example, at an animal in the Jardin de Plantes and keep on looking at it till you're able to make a poem of it. According to legend, Rilke spent nine hours staring at a panther in a cage. A few days later, he presented Rodin with the following poem. The Panther. His vision from the constantly passing bars has grown so weary that it cannot hold anything else. It seems to him there are a thousand bars, and behind the bars, no world. As he paces in cramped circles, over and over, the movement of his powerful, soft strides is like a ritual dance around a center in which a mighty will stands paralyzed. Only at times the curtain of the pupils lifts quietly. An image enters in, rushes down through the tensed, arrested muscles, plunges into the heart, and is gone. For this week, write a poem about an animal. If you can, do as Rodin advises and go look at it. If not, study it through research. As with the word poem, consider the etymology of its name and see what imaginative associations you can make. Consider as well your presentation of the animal. Is the animal a representation of itself or is it symbolic? What ideas or qualities does the animal embody? How can you refer to traditional representations of the animal without lapsing into sentimentality or cliché? So regarding this last question, I'm really tempted to say no pet poems. Just ban the pet poems altogether. And I say that not because I don't love pets. Of course I love pets. I love my pet, my sweet one-year-old rescue Phoebe. Um, but the, the, um, the possibility of lapsing into sentimentality and cliche with such subject matter is just too great. Um, so I would encourage you to look beyond your furry friends, um, your um, fur babies, and um, consider an animal that's somehow foreign to you or mysterious or holds some sort of mystique for you. Um, so I've, I've actually put on Blackboard, on the discussion board, three poems, three example animal poems. 
The first one, Bats by Paisley Rectal. Paisley Rectal, of course, is the editor of the Best American Poetry 2020. And she, her poem, Bats, um, I would say this is more of a symbolic representation. Um, there's certainly a surreal element to the bats here. Um, and I, I, I include this poem because I feel like every poet, every poet I know has written a bat poem at some point. And I know I have. And I think poets are attracted to bats because they identify with them because bats see through sound, right? They bounce sound waves off of things. And that's kind of what poets do too, as they walk through the world. They're like bouncing sound waves off of things. And um, so anyway, I just have this theory that everybody, every poet has written a bat poem. I had a bat poem in my senior thesis, my undergraduate thesis, which was a book of poems. There was a bat poem. And that's the last time I've tried. <laughs> so um, I include that bat poem here. Then I've got um, The Elephant by Dan Chasen. It's also a persona poem, um, a, a poem in the voice of an elephant. And finally, uh, The Octopus by James Merrill, which is the oldest of the three. That's actually from like the 50s, 1950, 1951. 51, I believe. And um, I included that one because I love this octopus poem, another symbolic representation. Uh, but it also makes me think of this wonderful documentary that I just saw on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher. Um, if you haven't seen that, you must check it out. Um, check out that documentary and then read the octopus by James Merrill. Um, this octopus, his octopus is kind of menacing. It's kind of a threatening character. Um, so there you go. Three examples. Um, what, will, what will your animal be? Um, what are you, um, what are you going to be researching this week? Which animal? Um, I'm going to read to you, it's not an animal poem per se, but it's like the closest thing I have to an animal poem in my new book. And it features an animal who's actually inspired by Rilke's panther. So as I was writing this poem, I was thinking consciously of that poem, The Panther by Rilke. And um, I actually later wondered if maybe I should include a note in my manuscript about it, that it's after that poem. And I asked some friends and nobody else seemed to think it was obvious. So that just goes to show you how sometimes things that you think are obvious in your poems are not necessarily obvious to your readers. Um, so this poem was written after the 2016 election, and um, I was thinking of that image of the panther, Rilke's panther, because I felt like that image represented what I was feeling at that time, that, that anger, that sort of repressed anger and frustration and grief and rage and just all of these emotions that I just, I felt, I don't know, empathy, I guess, for that, that tiger, that uh, panther pacing in his cage. I could feel those emotions in me. And um, I substituted Rilke's panther for a Bengal tiger in my own poem.
so it's um, a sonnet, kind of like a sonnet. It's sonnet-like in that it's 14 lines. And it's called Like Running Into Hillary Clinton in the Woods. Some poems just won't let you go. The way grief finds you where you least expect it. In freeway gridlock, for example. Or while watching your, your kids spin on the tilt-a-whirl. The golden thread of their laughter woven into sunlight. Some poems, like grief, like anger, seethe just under the surface of your being. A Bengal tiger pacing in its cage. Its strides, a portent, an omen. Nothing, you believe, happens for a reason. There is no grand design or fate. And if that poem really wants to be written, it will pop out from behind a tall shrub or tree and shake you just a little, the way some dreams shake us from sleep. Uh, so there you go. That's my um, closest thing I have to an animal poem, but it's actually an Ars Poetica, or a poem about poetry. But again, that, that um, image of the panther seemed to represent what I was feeling at the time, right after those raw emotions, right after the 2016 election. And um, I knew I had to get it into a poem somehow. So um, I hope you enjoyed this week. Um, write well. I'll look forward to reading your work, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.